Welcome to another episode of Marketing 101 for Chiropractors, where we keep you ahead of the curve, attracting more new patients and growing your business. Now, here's your host, Dr. D himself. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Marketing 101 for Chiropractors. I'm Dr. Enrico. I got a really special guest this week, Brian Galky from Subtle Skills. He's going to decode faces for you. He's a facial recognition specialist. I first saw him at a seminar. He blew me away. I don't think I've taken that many notes <laughs> continuously in a seminar for one speaker. Uh, that's been so exciting. It's so important. Uh, take it away. Where, where are you from, Brian? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So uh, I'm Brian Gyaki. I live in Dallas, Texas. And um, basically, I learned this skill in 2010. And it changed my life. I, I met my mentor through fluke circumstance. And I actually went to go blow holes in the guy because he changed my dinner plans and said he ended up changing my life. And so I use this go from being on the help desk to a regional vice president of sales. And now what I do full time is just teach this to other people, right? I want to teach the same skill that changed my life to other people. Yeah, super cool stuff, this facial recognition stuff. And as health service providers, uh, it's such uh, an advantage when they walk through the door and they sit down before the conversation even starts or during that first conversation with them when you first meet them to know these subtle skills, these subtle things about the face because it can guide your entire uh, conversation down a great sales path. I know a lot of health providers don't like saying sales. They just want to be health providers and, and service people. But if you don't sell them, you can't service them. So uh, that's where it ties into the marketing, but it's so important. Yeah, it is. And, you know, like I mentioned before, it, it's just one of those things of it changed my life. And if you learn to focus on other people, you learn to get out of your own way. And the biggest challenge, especially with service providers, is you know the value you can provide to people. But it's how do you do it where it doesn't come off like commission breath, right? Where it doesn't come off as pushy, but how do you learn to speak their language so that you can provide them with a service that you know is going to help them? And that's the big thing that we've talked about, especially with chiropractors. You know, there's so many people. It's such a valuable skill, but people, because they didn't hear about it through traditional means, right? Meaning in school and everything else, when you're being raised, you're taught to go to, well, there's only one solution. You go to a break fix doctor instead of a proactive approach. Now, luckily, over the past few years, we are seeing more functional medicine. How do I get ahead of things? How do I address things? For the example we talked about, it's like you don't wait for the check engine light to come on. But what can you do proactively to maintain yourself? And it's crazy, right? Like you maintain your car, go make sure you get your oil changed and everything else. But people don't go to seek help for anything until there's a problem. True. And that's what's really crazy about things. But yes, what we're going to talk about today is when somebody comes in, it's how do you build rapport with people based on what their facial features teach you? So um, I'm going to pop up a few different screens here. One of the things is um, there's going to be a cheat sheet. So when people want to go back and understand this, I'm going to pop up one of my screens, if you don't mind here. And that yeah. is just you guys, code. If, yeah. if you're by, by chance listening to this, go back to the video. It's on the Facebook one-on-one group and it's on YouTube, Enrico D Marketing on YouTube, go there. It's live. And then you definitely want these, I'll post them on social media as well, but you definitely want to see this uh, as far as how Brian does all this. There's your QR code. I'll let him take it away. Yeah. So for anything you want today, you don't have to go get the cheat sheet. If you do, it's get the cheat sheet.com, but you can just go follow me on Instagram, TikTok, you name it. Try to put out videos several times a week. I'm pushing for daily, 
sometimes I get, you know, off track. So I'm a day behind, as a matter of fact, as we're talking today. But what this is, is it's a cool skill. What's the worst thing you're going to walk away with today is how to basically get free food and drinks, how to get hotel upgrades, airline upgrades, all by just focusing on other people, right? And, but really, if we want to get down to it, what's it based on? It's based on something known as physiognomy that's been around since the Greeks. So especially with your audience that already understands so much about the body today, what it is, is it's a skill that's taught to attorneys for jury consulting, right? But it's basically, it's been around since the Greeks. It's known as physiognomy. So let me go there. And that is 42 muscles in the face. The mind creates movement. Movement creates muscle. And what happens with that over time is as those muscles change and adjust, it's because of the faces that we meet, uh, we make. And so when you start looking at people and you understand, okay, their face is a map of where have they been and where are they today? And what's crazy is we talk about faces a lot. So you're going to see that here in just a second as well. But how did I learn it? No, I didn't come up with this. I, in 2010, I met my mentor, Mac. I was <laughs> mentioned to you before we got started. I actually went to go blow holes in this guy. And that was because a friend was coming to Dallas. She said, hey, let's go to dinner. I'm like, okay, let's go. I show up at the restaurant. She calls and says she's not going to make it. And I'm already upset. I'm like, okay, whatever. I've already ordered a drink. And she said, no, no, you got to come meet this guy. I'm like, why do I need to come meet this guy? She's like, because he reads faces. I'm like, yeah, let me rush over there for that one. Right. <laughs> and uh, I went over there instead of wanting to learn something, I was going to blow holes in this guy. I thought I've never heard of it. I've got tons of books on body language, everything else. I've never heard of this. It can't be real. So I thought he was going to make generic statements that are Barnum statements. They're so generic. They can apply to everyone. Things like, oh, you've had a hard time in life. Well, we've all struggled at certain points. Right. But instead, when I got there, he sat all of us down at dinner and he instantly analyzed everyone's faces and, and could tell us about ourselves without us saying a word. And I, I sat back and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I, I want to learn this. So I immediately turned around. I bought the flashcards from the guy. I bought his material and I would drive from Dallas to Fort Worth is a 45 minute trip to do two hours of group coaching once to twice a month. And then in 2011, that's all I did. And I'd go out and I'd test it at places. And was it 100%? No. But was it in the high 90s? Yes. And then in 2012, he offered a certification program and it changed my life. When I met him, you know, I was on the help desk. I was nervous to be around people. But when you learn to focus on other people, you kind of get out of your own way. So if you've ever read Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, he talks the first half of his book is about actually going through the concentration camps and everything else. The second half is what he learned in the philosophy. And the, to boil it down to a simple bullet point is when you learn to focus on things besides yourself. So when the prisoners were like, I want to see my wife again, I want to see my husband, I want to see my kids, then they were able to survive and outlast the people who were just about self-preservation. And so the basic point is we can do more when we learn to focus on, our, on more than just us. But the really crazy part about it all is we talk about faces more than you think. We say, oh, take one on the chin, keep a stiff upper lip. They've got an eye for this. They've got an ear for this. And faces really tell us a map of where have people been and where are they today? Can't predict the future. Don't Doesn't tell me who's a liar and who's a cheater, right? But the reason we talk about faces so much is every book you ever read going up and through school, well, authors took the exact same courses in physiognomy that attorneys take. And it is why? Because you had to describe characters in your book. And the only two ways to describe it was through their actions and through their facial features. So every book we've ever read has been teaching us about other people's faces. 
And not only that, every movie, every cartoon, every painting you've ever seen, we kind of understand a little bit about people based on faces. So that's why you can turn on a Disney show, you know, who's the hero and who's the villain right away, because they took the exact same courses that people did. And look, don't worry if you're skeptical. So was I, I didn't mention earlier, I went to go blow holes in this guy, but really what changed it all is I've been using this for over 11 years. And so I wouldn't, I'm just a trust, but verified kind of person. So I'd go out and I'd practice it and I'd sit at a bar because I used to travel for work. And when I did, I'd sit and I'd talk to the bartender and people next to me and I'd kind of leave the flashcards out or I'd leave the book out. And when people ask me a question, I go, well, I took this class. I'm not really sure how accurate it is. Can I ask you questions? And what I do is I would show people what the book said about their facial features and people were blown away. And they'd be like, wait, that's incredible. I'm like, yeah. And so when I would travel, people like he's back. I'm like, yeah. And they bring out new people, new servers, the manager, you name it. And that's how I started getting the free food or drink. And then I'm like, okay, well, if this works that well, let me test on other people. So what you see here in the picture is from one of my recent speaking events, when I'm done teaching, I'll bring people up on stage and we'll say, hey, you know, can I analyze your facial features? Come up. I ask for volunteers. Why? Because if somebody's voluntold, it doesn't always go so well, especially if they have a flatter upper lip. And you'll learn about that a little bit later on. But what you see in all these pictures are people come up and they try and be very stoic, right? They keep their body language tight. Their face is not saying anything. And I'll say, these are the things and I always go from top to bottom, left to right of what I can see on your face. And the cool thing about it is anybody can learn this. I learned this. I didn't come up with it. I wasn't born with it. It's like picking up books on body language and everything else. It's a learned skill, but it's a skill that changed my life. And so people ask all the time, what about genetics? It's 60% genetics, 40% known as epigenetics. And that is since the time you were born, what all has taken place in your life? And you can take even identical twins, same household, same genetic code, but they've got different facial features because they made different expressions. Some were good at academics. Some had a bad romantic life. Some people were good athletes. All these things impact us. And just like the guy in yellow here, well, he's got a big upper body and little tiny legs. You don't go, oh, that's genetics, right? It's that guy skipped leg day, but he loved to go focus on his upper body. And our faces are the exact same way. So here's an example of my own face from 18 to 38. You can see just these three are very simple ones. I could focus the entire day on just the changes in my own face. But three very clear ones are my ears used to stick out more. So as you get older, if you kind of go with the flow and you don't push back, your ears will actually pull back. My eyebrows now have angled eyebrows, but I used to have straight ones when I was a kid. And they changed because the facial movements that I kept making over time. And the third one is my eyes used to angle down. And that's because I was raised in a very loving household, but they were like, go for your dreams, but have you thought about it if it doesn't work out? And there was a lot of buts and you have to think about the downside. And so when people's eyes angle down, that's indicative of that. And we'll teach that to the audience here in just a minute. Um, People ask about Botox, plastic surgery. So what's crazy about plastic surgery is people will go and create to the outside world how they want to be treated. And, you know, so right now the number one plastic surgery is lip enhancement. Why lip enhancement? Because we say the phrase, keep a stiff upper lip. So if you see people with flatter upper lips, subconsciously we know, don't ask them a lot of personal questions. But if someone has a fuller lip, then we want to talk to them more. That's why women for decades have been drawing on lips uh, with lipstick, lips that they don't have, or they're highlighting their lips. 
And then plastic surgery is hiding lines. All you're doing is you're, it's fine. Do whatever makes you feel sexy. But when you do Botox, it's just not giving people as much information about you. And so that's why if you want to have it done, great. If you don't want to have it done, that's fine as well. You want to ask any questions? You want me to keep going? Dude, this is, this is great stuff. I mean, uh, you said a couple of things there. Epigenetics, I think you got a lot of people's attention there because that's all we focus on when it comes to health and wellness. Right. This has always been my question in um, because we do a lot of pediatric young moms um, mm -hmm. and just trying to teach them, hey, your, your kids are learning subtle skills from you as their parent because you're, you're the face that they see all the time. They're cueing right. to you. So when we suppress or enhance certain things. I was really angry with the masks thing. Um, oh yes. For education purposes, but for health reasons, I completely understood. Mm -hmm. But th those are my questions about this. So I try and guide them towards, you know, from this perspective. So what, what some of your tips for, you know, young moms out there that have, you know, infants, young children are just about to start. Should they take a break? Should they, what, what do you recommend? Sure. So one of the things I like to say is kids don't listen to what you tell them, but they, they pay attention to what you do. So kids are always paying attention. I have a six-year-old. You know, I can say one thing, but my actions are something different. So when it comes to facial features and things, be expressive with your kids. Spend time with them. Um, you know, you use the example of masks. So I was in the Seattle airport and I actually have a slide. Uh, let me go back to that. Um, even though, like here in this slide right here, let me pop to it. Even with just this much information here, which is eyebrows, eyelids, eye angle, even a lower lid, you can still make out a lot of information. And like you, my frustration with it was my daughter was three at the time. So she was trying to learn a language. And if you can't, we're natural lip readers. And when kids can't read lips, it kind of stunts their growth. Luckily, what we did have is YouTube, tablets, things of that nature. So they could still learn skills and they could see lips and movement. And that's why if think of it about this as an adult. If you watch a movie and the sound is a few seconds behind or it's a dubbed over movie and we see their lips go and that goes, hey, how are you doing? And we know it's dubbed over. It kind of throws us for a minute. It, it does. Throw us. Lip readers. Yeah, yes, we are. That's a very great tip there. Uh, I found that the smarter teachers that are not smarter. Um, the more aware teachers at our school were wearing like the clear ones for the mm -hmm. kindergarten kids. And all, I'm like, Hey, there you go. That you yes. the best of both worlds. That's fantastic. So they're the ones that know this stuff and the ones that don't know this stuff. So now you guys all know this stuff. So let's keep moving. Well, you know, who's got a real advantage on this and that is women. And the reason for that is they've been taught how to put on makeup to enhance facial features already. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at it, they know how to make their lips look larger, how to use rouge to make their cheeks seem wider, how to, you know, if they want to highlight if they have a fuller upper lid or not. And what we're going to talk about today is eyebrows. And so a question that comes up all the time is, what about women who go and get their eyebrows done? Well, when you go and do that, they don't sit there and go, oh, okay, well, you've got a straight eyebrow. Let me draw an angled one or let me draw a rounded one when you have something else. They enhance what's already there. But the funny thing about makeup is makeup is just like face painting for a little kid. And that is, Yes, they're putting it on themselves, but it's how people treat them when they see that information, right? So one of my birthday, my daughter's birthday parties, we had a face painter and somebody painted her. This isn't my daughter. This is a stock image, but somebody painted her like a tiger. And as she walked around, she would go, rawr, and everybody treated her like what was on her face. Mm -hmm. Well, the funny thing, all of our facial features are the same way. Makeup just enhanced that that much more. 
So once you learn this, it's basically just like having a new set of glasses. How do I see people different? But what was really cool about it is this was the first proactive skill that I ever saw, meaning that if I knew who was going to come in. So let's say, you know, who's going to come into your practice, you can look them up on LinkedIn or social media and go, okay, who am I looking for? You can find a picture of them and start thinking in advance, how do I want to tailor their presentation or their first experience when they come into the office? So like, this is Brad Lee. Every one of these arrows tells me something about Brad and how he thinks. So for example, he's got straight low eyebrows, which means get straight to the point. And the lower the eyebrow is, the faster they make a decision. So if you see somebody coming into your practice and they have low straight eyebrows, and we're going to go a little bit more into this here in a second, I can get to the point as soon as possible. The longer I pitch is the more I lose them. So for somebody like this, who's got straight eyebrows, straight eyebrows are get straight to the point, low eyebrows that make decisions fast. So if Brad came into your practice, I would already know this is how long it takes. This is the price. They like facts, figures, data. So they don't want to hear a long story about things, but they want to immediately know, okay, how much is this going to cost me? What's the plan? Where do I sign? And so it's interesting when you start meeting people like this, you start looking for things. So rounded foreheads are outside the box thinkers, you know, high ears and low eyebrows are people who hear and see information very fast. So again, the faster you can get to the point, the better it's going to be when you interact with them. And then talk lines are they do like to have a discussion on things, but stop talking and let them ask questions. So you can start learning these things. Same thing with Steve Sims. You know, he's got straight eyebrows, but he's got what's known as chameleon eyebrows, which is a it's a natural um, consensus builder because people have to get closer to us to see our eyebrow shape, mm -hmm. you know, but see Steve here has a flatter upper lip and he actually hides his upper lip with his mustache. Well, when you see that on someone, we're not sure how personal do I get? So with somebody like Steve, I'll talk to him about strictly business. And when he mentions something personal, I'm like, ah, now we built rapport. But if I start asking him a lot of personal questions up front, now it's different because somebody's coming in for, help, right? So you have to ask those questions that are on the questionnaire, but you don't have to go beyond that and ask other personal questions. If you do, they kind of like lean back like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to share that information. So all this is written on someone's face when you start talking to them. So what you do is you just go, you look up somebody on LinkedIn, you try and find them on Google. Once you find a picture of them, then you go, okay, now let me move to social media. Why social media? If you want to do this proactively, it's because you can, people take pictures all the time and they're not touched up. They're not inverted. They're not professionally done and they tend to be up to date. But even if you can't find someone and you just meet somebody when they're walking in, well, you can immediately right then and there start thinking, okay, well, how does this work? Now I'm a huge fan of body language. I think everyone should pay attention to it, but who would you rather talk to? The person up top who's giving you eye contact or the person who's watching your body language the entire time? Use both skills, but when you're decoding people's facial features, you're giving them your time and attention, and that's the big game changer, is because you're treating them like a person, and because we are so distracted by these devices, right? They connect us to the world, but they disconnect us from each other, that when you're actually giving someone your time and attention, sometimes it's for the first time in a long time, and it builds rapport instantly with people. So on body language... Two books I highly recommend is the one in yellow here is you say more than you think. That is, as a provider, what does your body language say when you walk into a room or when somebody walks into your office? What is the posture of the front desk person like, like right? 
that starts their first interaction with things. Then for you to analyze other people's body language, the second book is Joe Navarro's What Everybody Is Saying. That's a very picturesque book that goes over a lot of great things with body language. The third book is Micro Expressions. That's a way more advanced, but it's something that I will tell people about. So you just start looking at people differently. So here, somebody might see, oh, well, there's four judges if you've ever seen The Voice. But on that show, they start with their backs to people. And if they like what they hear, then they turn around to see what the person looks like. Well, it makes perfect sense to me because these are four people who are obviously auditory because they have very large ears and they have small eyes. Now, it's not a direct correlation from ears to eye. It's in proportion to their face. Is their ears large or small for their face? Are their eyes large or small? But if you look at all four here, large ears, small eyes, large ears, small eyes, same thing over and over again. So it's perfect. I know they're auditory people. So what do you do with auditory people? Send them a voice text, send them a video, give them a phone call instead of just regular text messages or emails. And you say things like, well, it sounds like what I'm here or what I'm hearing you say is, so you use auditory terms with people who have larger ears. So when you're talking to people, this is particularly important because we're talking about marketing. In your marketing material, you need to make sure you cover all three bases, auditory, visual, and kinesthetic phrases. So auditory, you know, does it sound like it's we're moving in the right direction? What I hear you saying, it sounds like if you're visual things, oh, I see where you're coming from. Picture this, visualize that, use visual terms. I will literally, when I'm talking to somebody on the phone, when I hang up, I say, okay, I'll see you later because I'm visual, even though I was just having an auditory conversation with them. And then kinesthetic is put things in your marketing material. Like once you get our hands on, or once we get a hands on started, once you're in practice and you're moving, those are kinesthetic terms. So in your marketing material, make sure you're speaking to every single person, not just what you are. So for me, I have to go in because I'm so visual. I have to go and change my email responses to include auditory terms and kinesthetic terms. Make sense? Makes sense. Yeah. I, it's so, so great hearing this again. The two, I mean, this is a lot of info uh, and it's so intriguing. And when I heard you, the two things I had to walk away, cause I could only pick the two things that I, I would actually implement right away. And I still do up to today. And it's been almost two, almost two years since I first heard you is uh, the, I watch the ears and the eyes. So if they're flat, yes. I'm getting straight to the point, sorry, the eyebrows flat and low straight to the point. They're, they're hearing, they just need to know what it costs if their eyebrows are up. And then I look at their ears too. So same thing. So it just, it mat- I will do anywhere between a 20 minute uh, consultation for the, for the sale, all the way down to a three minute conversation to the sale, all based on what you've taught me on that. So, and I know I'm only a beginner, but it, yeah. it's nine day. It's almost like, it, I think we're shooting hundred percent here because people appreciate it. Uh, and if I do miss, they just ask more questions and I'm like, oh, they're way more auditory than I, than I thought. Right. And so we'll, we'll jump right to that. So what you're talking about is we pay more attention to eyebrows than we think. So if I show here, like the example of you take celebrities and you take away their eyebrows, we kind of don't know how to talk to them or even who they are. You know, So Nicholas right. Cage here, Angelina Jolie, you take away just that one feature. And we're like, wait a minute, I, I don't really know how to talk to the person. So if you want to see what it looks like on a single person, we do pay more attention to eyebrows than we think we do. And what do eyebrows tell us? They're just filters. How do people take in and process information? And so when you look 
As babies, it was meant to keep our eyes safe, but they can adjust over time and give us that information. So I mentioned earlier, we talk about facial features all the time. So in comedies, we talk about lowbrow humor and highbrow humor. Well, highbrow humor is when somebody tells you a joke and you have to think about it and then you laugh. So kind of like the movie Airplane or some of the, the ones that if you go watch current comedians where they tell a joke and you have to think about it and then you laugh. Lowbrow humor is physical comedy. Charlie Chaplin, Jackass, Three Stooges, where when you see it, you instantly laugh. So when you start seeing that on people like you mentioned, if they have higher eyebrows, well, that's like a speed bump in the middle of the road. So if data is trying to race down their forehead, it can only go so fast, go over the speed bump and then try and speed back up. So they're going to need more time to make a decision. So when they come in, not everyone's a one call close, right? When they come into your, your office, maybe they're going to need to come back again. Now, ideally, we want people to sign up while they're there, but some people are going to need more time. So the higher the eyebrows, the more time it's going to take to process information. Versus somebody who's got that lower eyebrow, they make decisions very fast. So how fast can you get the information in front of them? I went in one time to go join a um, lifetime fitness. And, you know, I've got low eyebrows. I'm like, all right, just tell me how much it is. You know, what's the membership cost? What are the terms? Well, I have to go through everything in the club. I'm like, I don't need that. <laughs> and the guy kept wanting to go through his script. And right. I ended up going, okay, hey, thanks for your time. I'm going to leave. And it was because... I wanted the information fast. He wanted to go through his material. I just need to know how much is it, how much down, how much a month, what do I get? You know, I don't need the entire presentation. Some people do. I did not. And he couldn't adjust. I ended up leaving. Yes. And then, being able to adjust is so important because I'm like you on that too. Like we're trying to look for cars right now. I'm like, and the first thing I tell him on the phone is like, I do not have two hours to come to your car lot. Right. Do everything now so that I can just walk in and take a test drive. Um, but but missing that boat with people and treating them like yourself, when you mm -hmm. get the auditory person, you are a huge turnoff when you're like, bang, 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 it's going to cost this much. Ready to start? They're like, whoa, like <laughs> what? I need way more details to give you my credit card. Um, so that can hurt you. So knowing these little things are, are really important. And as a chiropractor, I think this is so important because you just don't have that time to build, you build the time after they sign. You build exactly. your rep reputation after they sign, after, you know, the fifth visit, the 10th visit. Now they get to know you after five years. Now, now you're the family chiropractor. So, right. but it all started with these things that if you get right, your probabilities of having them for lifetime care is way better. So I, I, I'm experiencing it myself. So I, I can definitely support it. Yeah. It's learning. It's, if you've ever read the book, the five love languages, not everyone gives and receives love like you give and receive love. And it's the same thing. It's learning the golden rule, you know, treat other people like we want to be treated. It's kind of broken, right? It's treat other people the way they want to be treated. And people's faces tell us, how do I interact with you? How do I speak your language? So I, I tell this story. You've heard this before. I used to be a horrible traveler. I thought I should go everywhere I go. They should speak English. And if they don't, I'll just speak English louder. Well, that's just pushing my agenda. Instead, I learned basic phrases everywhere I go in the world. Please, thank you. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Check, please. Where's the bathroom? You know, basic phrases. Because when you try to speak someone else's language, they try and speak yours. That's what the key to this is, is I know what I want, but it's how do I communicate with you to either help you or get what I need? So when I would learn these basic phrases, it was for my own needs, but it created connection with me and the other person instead of forcing them to only speak my language to get what I want. So using the example in like car sales, 
Well, the different, the eyebrow height, I know how to talk to the person when they come in. So I'm still selling them a car, but it's, do they need more time? If they have a high eyebrow, give them more time to make the decision. If they've got a low eyebrow, get to the point as soon as possible, right? And then when you learn this, you start to appreciate people differently. So going to this next picture, I would treat these people differently. She's got the highest eyebrow, number four does. So I'd start with her because she needs more time, but I could work my way down to number five where he's going to get to the point very fast. So you just learn, how do I adjust to the person I'm talking to? Now that's just eyebrow height here. Where it really gets fun is I can talk about eyebrows all day, but there's three basic shapes to eyebrows. There's straight eyebrows, angled eyebrows, and rounded eyebrows. So when you see someone who has straight eyebrows, they are, get straight to the point, facts, figures, and data. So I mentioned earlier, if somebody comes in, it's what does it cost? How much do I put down? How long is the, the, the treatment, right, to come into the location? So they just want to know the basics, straight facts. How do you get there? Now, if you are talking to someone who has angled eyebrows, they are thinking, what's their angle? What's in it for them? So help me understand why, why, what's my benefit of coming to you here, right? So when you start talking to people and you see angled eyebrows, it's helped them understand what's in it for them. Then they can help other people. Now, when I say this, the reason why I bring in other people, as you mentioned earlier, sometimes people bring in their kids, but you have to sell the parent on what's the parent benefit and then how their kid will benefit second. Now, the opposite of that. So, well, first of all, I'm here, Ruth Ginsburg, she had to go to law school to help women. She knew she wanted to help women, but she had to learn the material first. Then she could help other people. I mentioned the angled eyebrow. I noticed I started developing this when I became a corporate trainer and a sales engineer. Why? Because I had to learn the material so I could teach it to other people. And that's when I got the angled eyebrow. So it is, what's my angle? Because I had to understand the material first so I could teach it to them. Then the third eyebrow is rounded eyebrow, which is they think about the people around them first and themselves second. So if somebody's bringing their kid in or a family member, you have to make it all about the other people first, then come back and bring it to them. So what do we know about Elon Musk? After he sold PayPal, he could have retired, butt in the sand, but instead he reinvested all his money back into Tesla. And what was the goal? An electric, a clean energy car that could seat his five children. It wasn't about him. You know, he didn't go out and buy a Lamborghini that everybody would see him in it. He instead invested in helping other people. And Oprah, what do we know about Oprah? It's who she interviews and what she gives her audience. Everybody knows that you get a car and you get a car, but we don't know that much about Oprah. So when you see people with rounded eyebrows, we've all been on an airplane. We all hear the announcement that says, in the event of an emergency, please put on your own mask before helping out others. They have to say that for rounded eyebrow people, because if not, they'd be so busy putting on everybody else's mask, they just pass out in the aisle. So you're still, when you see everyone, you have the same mission. You have the same way to help people, but you have to help them feel comfortable with it. And those three eyebrow shapes of the straight eyebrow gets straight to the point, angled eyebrow, what's their angle, and then rounded eyebrow, help the people around them first and help them themselves second. You're still doing the same thing. But then when you start looking at people, you just start figuring out the way that I talk to all these people, one through five. So she's got a little bit of angled eyebrows. So what's her angle? For him, number two, get straight to the point. Number three, rounded eyebrows. What's the benefit to other people first, her second? Then the third or fourth one here, angled eyebrows once again. What's her angle? But it's a high one. 
So she's going to need more time to make a decision. So if she, if we've got a 20 minute consultation, she may not make the decision until 19 or 20 minutes in, but then number five here, where it's straight and low, get straight to the point. What is it going to be involved with the process and stop talking, let them ask questions and he'll probably make his decision in five to 10 minutes. So this is how you can change things just based on who's coming in to see there. So I know we covered a lot of information. We'll go back to just you and I talking, but for anybody who didn't get it earlier, if you're still on, I'll pop the QR code back up. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I mean, those, what great tips there. And I learned, I learned some more with that too. So I'm so glad we did this, uh, did this workshop um, officially locked in uh, July, 2024. So it's official. So I think we can start saying uh, come join us up in Kananaskis country up in Alberta, the Can the Canada Rockies. I'm going to start sending out some B roll on this. And as soon as you see it, you're going to sign up just because of where it's located. But Brian is going to be a keynote speaker here. He's going to go through all these sub skills that he's been learning for the last decade. Uh, you're going to have one-on-one -on -one with him. You're going to have, complete access to him. This is what a mastermind is all about, getting in the room with the right people. It changes your trajectory. It changes all this stuff. So I just wanted to plug that because I know Brian's going to help us with it and, and start telling his crew about it. And this is really going to be for everyone that uh, wants to learn this stuff. And that that's how you market, you grow, and you scale. And Brian fits into the grow and scale because this is marketing. This is how it works. And once people come to your office, you get a better read on them. I love this stuff. And I know you could be talking for hours on them. And that's why he has his course. And that's why you're going to go check out his website. And that's why you're going to go learn more and maybe catch him in person or take one of his courses. I highly recommend it. Thanks for doing it, man. Absolutely. And like you said, it's funny. I'll have to pull it off my monitor, but uh, it's stuck on there. My phrase for 2023 was get in the rooms, right? Because yeah. that's where the value is. Don't get me wrong. Courses are good. Seminars where you go and you buy a ticket and you see like 15 speakers, but you don't get to talk to people. They're good, but they're not as good. Getting in the room, masterminds, like with what you're putting together, that's where lives change because you get to talk to peers. You get to learn from other people. And like you said, it's not going to be a, okay, we're up on stage and we're done. It's going to be sitting in the room the entire time, talking with people, answering questions, working on things. That's really where the power of knowledge is, is in masterminds versus events. You know? Yes. Yes. Thanks for doing this. This will be live. Uh, you can always go back to it. So if you were listening to this, you're going to have to watch the video because those uh, screenshots are fantastic. I'll have all of Brian's handles in here in the podcast. Thanks again, my man. I'm sure we'll connect again. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for your time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe, like, share, and leave a rating. It helps get our podcast out to more listeners. Also, join Marketing 101 for Chiropractors on Facebook or visit us at EnricoD.com for more information on growing and scaling your business.